Hi, this is Sex and Ethics. I mean, Sex and Ethics. And I'm Sharon Lamb. And this is Madeline Brote. And we are here after we decide how to say our name, Sex and Ethics, to talk about all sorts of sexual matters and the ethics underlying them. And our first podcast was about rape culture. And I think that we're crazy to now take on rape joke. I mean, if we had an audience, which we don't, yeah, we would, we, we were risking losing our fabulous audience and fans, which we don't have by talking about rape jokes. Do you agree? I think we're probably doing fine because what what did um, Christian Bale say? We're being provocative. That's what the people want. <laughs> the people, which is like zeros. It's, it's just gotten onto iTunes and I don't think anybody who's looked up Second Ethics said, I'll, I'll listen to this one that nobody's listened to yet or read <laughs> Maybe. Let's check after the show. Anyway, we're doing rape jokes today. And the reason why I wanted to do rape jokes is because uh, I'm troubled by my own attitude towards them. Ooh, that's I, a great place to start is discomfort. Yes, good, good. I'm troubled because after decades of work in, in the area of sexual victimization and as a therapist working with clients who've been raped or sexually abused, I should hate rape jokes, but I think some of them are funny. And I and there's a part of me that wants to just give every comedian a pass and say, you're trying to be funny, just go for it. And then I hear a really bad rape joke and I go, oh, no, I don't think so. Um, but do I have to do I have to take a stand? I mean, you have to be is it consistent with my politics to just say, not no more rape jokes. Well, I feel like it's against like a lot of what I know about you to be like I'm saying yes a hundred percent or no a hundred percent on this one thing. You are all about gray and context and all that other stuff. Which is why I think where we got to talking about this over email is that you rated some jokes and you're like, here's why I like this one. Here's why I don't like that one. Because it's more complicated than yes, rape jokes, no rape jokes. Right. Well, I guess I just don't know what your stand is on this yet. So for me, I want to see, there's this concept in comedy called punching up or punching down, which is a really interesting way to look at a joke. The idea with punching up is saying, I am not trying to harm someone who has less like social privilege than I do. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to critique the system in some way with this joke, or at least like punch sideways so that I, I can work with people who are on a similar level. If you're punching down, that means that you are making a joke at the expense of someone who has less social privilege. And I think a lot of rape jokes tend to punch down. And that's why I don't like them. I appreciate rape jokes that punch up. Oh, I like that definition. That's great. But don't you run into a problem sometime where you intend to punch up, but a bunch of idiots interpret it <laughs> a different way? Yeah. I mean, I'm not the best person with my words all the time. So I have run into situations like that. Obviously not on the stage, but. So then you have to explain why the joke is funny and it's not funny in the way they think it's funny. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's talk about some, I, I have to say that I think the first rape joke I heard. I, I mean, I probably really enjoyed many. Uh, I don't know when you were growing up if there were these things called dead baby jokes, but no, please tell me everything about it. <laughs> I just don't feel right 
having saying it, but in fifth grade, they were all the rage. Okay, so and it's because you can't make fun of that, right? Yeah, and it helps me to understand in fifth grade, you have a very particular kind of humor in fifth grade. Everyone does. Right. So. It could have been junior high too, which is even a more particular kind of humor. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so we have that. But I guess the first really enjoyable rape joke was from, I guess it was Stephen Sondheim lyrics for the musical The Fantastics. Did you ever see it or hear that? No, that's like one of the only Sondheim I haven't seen. Oh, it's, um, well, uh, you wouldn't hear it now because they've changed the whole song. But the original song, two fathers who are trying to get their children to fall in love with each other can't make it happen. And they first sing a song about how they were pretending to hate each other so that that their kids would rebel against them and then fall in love and okay. then they could all be together. And then they decided that how do they put an end to this? The kids have fallen in love. They're secretly there. And how do they put an end to it to make it all kosher and up above board? And they decide that they're going to hire somebody to stage a rape in which the young, <laughs> the young man <laughs> can swoop in and save her from it. And then they'll all live happily ever after. Okay. And the song goes something and the, the, man who they're going to hire is is they're negotiating what kind of rape they're they're going to pay for oh my god <laughs> and the name of the song is it depends on what you pay oh my so. god you can get the rape fantastic. You can get the rape polite. <laughs> you can get the rape with Indians. Now we've got a double offense right now. A truly charming sight. You can get the rape on horseback. They all say it's new and gay, where you see the kind of rape depends on what you pay. So there are more. Okay, I, I've blown you away right now. Yeah, I don't know. Some of the older musicals, you got away with lots of weird stuff. Like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is a bananas plotline. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Like a guy kidnaps a woman and that's how they end up getting married and all their siblings marry each other. What is happening? Mid right. Oh, what is going I on? think uh, Game of Thrones had a bit of a kidnap love interest line too. So it's an age old back to rape culture. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but I just really enjoyed that because it to, for me, what was so funny was the irony, of course. You can't get the rape polite, right? Or that you're going to stage something on horseback. And anyway, so it didn't it didn't fly anymore and they changed the song and I just saw it on TV the other day and I was I, they call it the abduction. <laughs> instead and they sing a song about a raid and it just falls flat it just wasn't as funny for me i'm not here to have you absolve me for finding that song <laughs> funny when the rest of the but i just wanted to say that there was that the spirit of that for me it was just that of course that's wrong and that's mm -hmm. what's so funny i think it's interesting because you mentioned earlier about the communication of if you're intending to punch up and it sounds like you're punching down as a comic like what do you do and it sounds like that song is almost the same thing where like some people it seems interpreted it as like punching down and as being offensive but it sounds like it really was trying to punch up instead yeah well take that louis ck joke one that he said it's really really wrong to rape unless you have a good reason for mm -hmm. which is that you want to fuck somebody and they say no <laughs> That's one of those where if you're at a certain level, you think it's funny, but you can just, when you're hearing it, you're imagining all the idiots who are thinking, yeah. Yeah. 
And I think that's where I really had a lot of my views about rape jokes shaped by that Lindy West article that was published in Jezebel, and she cites that one. What she says underneath it is, if someone else told the same joke, this would not be good. Mm. However, because she wrote the article in 2010, like Louis C.K. was not publicly accused of sexual misconduct at the time. And so she was, he has good reputation in the community for not being a dumpster fire. So I give him the benefit of the doubt that what he's saying there is for satiric effect. Obviously now, since he has been so accused by so many women of being really inappropriate you don't have the benefit of the doubt anymore and if he said that in front of me now I'd be like boo and I'd try and find like a rotten tomato to throw at him well I would throw a rotten tomato at him for what he did but I still think that his intention for that joke was from his good politics people with good politics also can be jerks Aziz Ansari he had really good politics mm-hmm. and then in the bedroom or around the kitchen or all over his house where he kept pursuing and chasing her. He was an asshole, right? Yeah. Or is that too weak a term? No, I think asshole's fine. <laughs> and for me personally, I just have a hard time separating the art from the artist. So I think um, I would struggle to find humor in Louis C.K. anymore. Yeah, maybe you have to give it 100 to 200 years. And even then, because there were probably a lot of artists and uh, music uh, composers that had pretty bad politics. Mm-hmm. We enjoy their music. Huh? Okay. And what about the Sarah Silverman joke? That's one of my favorites. Do you remember that one? Which one was that one? Not the one about being raped by a doctor. And being Jewish, I, I feel like I can give some approval to that joke. I don't know. No. She says I was raped by a doctor, which you know is kind of bittersweet for a Jewish girl. Yeah. Nah, that's falling flat. I'm trying yeah. this out. But he, her other one, which I think is a punch up one, is she's talking about why it's so hard, why people want to make rape jokes, because it's the most heinous crime imaginable. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous and it's edgy. But then she says it's really the safest thing to talk about in comedy because who's going to complain about a rape joke? Rape victims, right? And so she's, but that's almost, is it punching up or is it just sort of a, we're all together in this, we know we as women don't speak up enough about this in some way when men attack us. So we're like making fun of ourselves. Yeah. I think without, she said something right after that. I think she explicitly calls out the device of the joke. And I think that is what was the funniest part to me and actually made it punching up. She said, I mean, they're traditionally not complainers. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess she said that she would, she'd feel really, I mean, she's she also said like jokes you made in one era you're not going to make in another era and it's just not going to work out in the context of something and so right now yeah save that rape joke for a few more years from now we're in the middle of the me too era and we just would like a little more respect and let the anger bloom yeah i i don't feel like i want to discourage people from making or comics let's go with this there's a separation for me between like average folks making rape jokes and comics making rape jokes i feel in my understanding or in my personal experience like average people making rape jokes are just doing a lot of victim blaming whereas I think most of the time when comics are talking about rape they're trying to do something constructive or interesting and sometimes they fail at that. I love that point. That's why I love working these things out with you. That's really a really good point to say because you know that comics work on their jokes. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Ricky Gervais talk about rape jokes and he made two points. He said uh, that a joke is that, that the best jokes are fragile jokes, that you have to say them exactly the right way. And what was the other thing he said? He said that when in the worst things possible, humor is supposed to be healing for that. So why can't 
to create some humor around the worst things possible. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever told some bad rape jokes though. And, and so we're going to you know, cut off his head too. <laughs> but, but those two points, they were great, right? Yeah. And I've heard another comedian say that Patton Oswald has a podcast I'm trying to find the name of right now that focuses on talking to comedians about how they construct their jokes. Ooh. And there was a recent episode kind of touched on how to talk about something so sensitive. The podcast is called Good One. Oh, I want to wa- I want to watch it. I <laughs> listen to that one too. Yeah. My yeah. friend just turned me on to it, but I think it's helpful to to hear like one of those episodes because they go through just the construction and the history of one joke. And I think it helps the average person understand that when someone is saying one of these things, they have tried it hundreds of times and they have most of the time tried to figure out like how to say it in a thoughtful way. So I feel like most of the rape jokes that I hear are punching up, at least the ones that are planned and thought out. Someone like Daniel Tosh, who just said like, I hope to get raped is like not someone who was thinking it out. Yeah. Do you know what happened to him after that? I haven't heard a lot about him. Is he gone? I think, I think that might be indicative of what happened to him. <laughs> Off with his head. <laughs> no more. <laughs> I was, I was listening to Carmen Esposito's rape jokes routine. And what she does is she doesn't tell any rape jokes. She tells jokes all around it and then educates about rape. Yeah. And that's another way to go about it too. I was sort of wondering how is she going to get to this and how is she going to integrate it, but it never got there. It's kind of a tease to call a routine rape jokes, but hilarious anyway. Yeah. yeah, it was really funny. She was very good. Okay, who else shall we discuss in terms of, oh, Amy Schumer, how could we forget her? I don't know. I think she's, <laughs> I just love her. She's very funny. So I was thinking of the uh, the football episode, the Saturday, uh, oh, Friday Night Light. That was one of, honestly, my favorites. Both of those sketches that we talked about are so good. Both of them? What's the other one? The other one is the one about video games where did I just find that? Did I go down a YouTube hole? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay I, there's another one that she put out that also deals with it, rape, and it's an, essentially a, a military rape joke. She is playing video games with her boyfriend, and he leaves her alone. She makes choices, and she chooses to play a woman instead of a man in the game. And as soon as she starts playing the game, her commanding officer in the game makes her stay back in the barracks and assaults her. Um. And then her boyfriend keeps coming in and telling her that she's doing something wrong because he's never seen this part of the game before. So <laughs> kind of engaging like victim blaming behavior of like, you must not be doing it right. That has many levels to it. And then she ends up being a paper pusher and having her character assassinated. <laughs> It's part of like what happens in the game. But it was one of those things where it like, so closely mirrors real life. And there's this boyfriend that functions as society commentating on what she's doing wrong. It was so good. <laughs> oh, wow. I got to watch that one again. I think you did a while back tell me to watch it. And I watched it and it just didn't get registered as I've got to remember this. That's so many things these days. But <laughs> I've watched the Friday Night Lights one so many times that that's, you know, ingrained in my memory. It's so great, all those football players looking up at their coaches telling them there are going to be new rules and that's that they're not going to be able to rape anymore or something like that. Do you remember what he says or something? I know you're not going to like this, but my rules, we got to play by my rules. No raping. And then there's just a bunch of exceptions. No, they're not exceptions. The boys ask for the exceptions. What happens if my mother's a DA and she won't prosecute? What happens if she dresses like a sexy ladybug? (laughs) 
And then um, uh, I love those words too. Clear eyes, full hearts, don't rate as they go out of their game. I don't know if there were any complaints about that. What do you think? I don't feel I heard any in the popular media. I think I heard some from men who were involved in sports in high school and college because they tend to get upset when we paint like athletics with a broad brush, which I can somewhat understand. No one likes to be stereotyped. However, (laughs) is there research perhaps that says something about male team sports membership? I, I don't know of any research. I just feel from anecdotal evidence, there seems to be a lot of people, a lot of the ways that like men get cachet as part of participating in sports that allow them to feel very free and entitled. Because mm-hmm. it's also part of um, masculinity, that sort of being athletic. Being For sure. And drinking. And I suppose frats probably think they get a bad rap too but they yeah there definitely is some research or definitely some good news stories that have promoted that idea that fraternities fraternity parties are really dangerous places okay the best louis ck joke though about that oh going back to him i just can't let go i'm just so pained by that he was a weird jerk though i guess you could have seen that in some of the things he did he did such really amazing episodes. Did you see the episode called Fat Girl with Sarah Baker? No, I didn't. I it's didn't really beautiful. But I'm trying to find the, the Louis C.K. joke. Oh, the one about dating and how much courage it takes to go on a date. You would love that one for rape culture because, uh, and I say this because Malin's doing her dissertation on rape culture. So it's not like she enjoys talking about rape culture and I do not. It's just that she is now the expert. Uh, I am the learner. <laughs> but anyway, so he like goes into this bit about how hard it is for a, a man to ask a woman for a date and he's so fearful of rejection and all that and then he says something about it's a different kind of courage for a woman um and uh basically insane to say yes to a date with a man because there's no greater threat to women than men. Men are the worst thing that ever happened to them. That's strong. It's exaggeration to make a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But there's there's just such a there's truth, truth to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes a lot of good jokes funny. Yeah. The reason that a lot of the bad rape jokes are bad in addition to not being thought out is that there's not truth to it. It doesn't ring true. You know, wishing someone gets raped, like that's not a thing that most people actually wish to happen to someone yeah but the fact that like women are objectively in danger in certain situations that's truthful yeah yeah and so i'm feeling a big sigh of relief that it's okay for me to continue to like some rape jokes we've come to three sort of ethical guidelines for liking mm-hmm. rape jokes the punch up mm-hmm. guideline it must be said by a comic because we trust that comics are working on the joke and testing it out and then what's the third well broader historical context text. No more rape jokes this year. There's too much Me Too. (laughs) We've met our quota. I'm sorry. (laughs) No more this year. Maybe next year we'll be ready for a rape joke or two. We've got a lot of other things to express right now. Mm -hmm. And by the way, do you think Me Too is still going strong? I think so. Or is it on summer break? No, I think it's still going strong. I feel like I keep having conversations with people. And I know you and I have talked about this. Like once you get identified as the person who knows the things, like people do seek you out. But I think I've had a steady trickle of people constantly reaching out to me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's still going on too. And I think that everyone's sort of waiting for the next new controversy to come up too that sort of carries it on. But those people who were at the forefront of this, I mean, I'm still following 
their Twitter Absolutely. Um, tweets. They call them Twitter feeds, Twitter tweets. I follow no matter what. And I'm still tuning into Jezebel. And there are so many people who are writing. And that, you know, as we're doing this dividing line between comics and regular people, as I think about the, the wonderful writing that's going on by Lindsay West and by Rebecca Traster and by other feminists, it almost seems we should just go back to our little researchy goals and stop trying to express ourselves because there's so much good writing in the public. But hopefully we can make our little mark too in our little rate joke podcast. I'm feeling very satisfied with our ethical guidelines for this now. Mm -hmm. And uh, perhaps by now we have one uh, listener or fan and they can add to our guidelines or tear them down. Um, And I'm sorry I haven't brought in any ethical philosophy, but you don't have to quote the philosophers to be an ethical person. For sure. Could that be our um, concluding words? No. We have different concluding words now. Anything more to say for this time on rape jokes? No, I think I think we did a good job. <laughs> Pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like what people who listen think, but yeah, yeah. Well, we did our research. Got to mm-hmm. say we're in academia. We did our research, right? Anyway, we want to end though with a thanks to Dan Torres, who's our producer, and to Dan Torres, who's our manager, and to Dan Torres, who's our technology <laughs> guru. We have a huge staff of Dan's, and to Dan, who is our editor, um, taking out every um and not every um, leave an um in, leave this um. Um, in Dan. And we we thanks in advance for the support of UMass Boston, where we will go to the basement of Healy Library and record future podcasts, but we're on summer vacation. And we want to give a final shout out to these fabulous feminists that we follow and we read, like Lindsay West, Roxanne Gay. Yeah, Rebecca Traster and Jessica Valenti. I mean, and we we started this because we admire those funny feminists who do my favorite murder yeah talk about taking a topic that you shouldn't joke about and joking about it in a really sensitive way they're fabulous yeah so definitely listen to my favorite murder my other favorite is misandry with Marsha and ray which is also really good they make fun of very serious topics as well okay i'll get on to that right away so talk to you next time and all of you out there be good (laughs) (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha